Ba-da-ba-ba. Well, hello, hello, body of Christ. This is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee Connecting the Dots. How's everybody doing today? Wow, okay. Thank you for listening to my show. Thank you for uh, tuning in. This is uh, a program where I try to teach the Bible more plainly, where I try to connect the dots and make the Bible become more alive and more, uh, not relevant, but more understandable for the average person that reads the Bible. So connecting the dots is just putting context with context and uh, trying to get the Bible in in a format that can be understood by others dispensationally and rightly divided, okay? How you all doing today? Welcome to my show. I just like to thank the ones that be listening to thank the ones, excuse me, that listens to my program. I like to thank the international listeners. That's from the Philippines. That's from Spain. That's from Germany and any other countries. I'm sorry if I haven't mentioned you. And also the ones that are here in my homeland, the United States. You know, thank you all for tuning in for my podcast, Connecting the Dots. Okay. Without any further ado. If you've been tuning in uh, to my podcast, you would know that I have been doing a series on what is dispensationalism. What is dispensationalism? And I've been doing that because there's a lot of controversial uh, or, and disputes and uh, some uh, misunderstanding about the teachings of dispensationalism. And what I'm trying to do in this series, this would be the fourth segment, you know, because it just takes a lot to get through this. But what I'm trying to do is and give uh, give a paramedic paramedic view of what is dispensationalism. And I try to break it down the best way I can. I write down notes. I, uh, I read from other notes from uh, uh, Sean Broussard. And I just write, you know, I just read notes and I give my opinion. And I just break it down what I mean by dispensationalism, you know. So uh, I have three sections so far. This will be the last and final installment of dispensationalism. It's part of the series that I'm doing called One Size Does Not Fit All. One Size Does Not Fit All, That mean, which means the whole word of God does not go in one bucket. What goes on, what went on for Israel and the Jews is not the same. What goes on through the church today, the body of Christ, mostly Gentiles. What goes, what went on with the Jews in time past in Israel and their program, their kingdom of heaven program and their messianic, messianic program is not the same as the body of Christ today, the church today, which consists of Jews and Gentiles. Okay, so that's basically what I'm, I'm trying to uh, break down here in dispensationalism the best way I can. If you want some deeper uh, lessons on dispensationalism, there's a lot of teachers that's out there that teach dispensationalism. But, you know, they teach it in a certain way. And if you can recall, you remember when I was just mentioning other ways and other beliefs of dispensationalism. You have uh, some some dispensationalists, oh, just saying that word, just, ah. Some dispensationalists believe in Acts 2. They believe the body of Christ was formed and Acts 2. Then you got another dispensational group that believe the body of Christ was formed in the middle or somewhere around Acts 9 to next Acts 15. That's my stand. You know, that's my stand on that one. And then you got uh, some believe that the, uh, the church, the body of Christ started at the end of Acts, Acts 28. You know, anyway, all of them started somewhere in Acts. So you have different beliefs and different uh, reasons 
why some dispensational teachers believe that way. But I'm not going to get into that. That would take a, 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 a separate teaching or some type of another program for me to get into that. What I want to do in its entirety, I want to finish up on this series so I can get in another series. Um, I want to get, 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 get into the rapture, the rapture of the church. I want to do some different teachings on baptism, you know, tithing, uh, signs and wonders. There's a lot I have to catch up on to get this teaching out because people need to understand what's going on in the body of Christ, okay? So, uh, this is going to be the final installment on this short series of what is dispensationalism, okay? So, I'm going to get right into it and try to explain and try to break down what is dispensationalism. If you want the beginning of the series, I, I advise you to go back uh, to my other podcast, which are my last three that's uh, explaining dispensationalism. It's very, it's very good teaching. I, I believe myself is very good teaching. I, uh, I got scriptures to back a lot of these things up of what the Bible is saying. So go back and look back and go back and just record and just listen to those previous podcast audios on connecting the dots. Okay. Again, for the ones just walking in or just tuning in, this is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. This is Joseph. Brownlee of Connecting the Dots, where we be doing a teaching and my final segment today on what is dispensationalism. Now, what is a dispensation? This dispensation is just a program or a stewardship or administration or a plan that God used in the Bible with different saints, okay, and different prophets. That's all it is. God dispensed different ways for salvation. It's more than one way to get saved in the Bible, but it's not, you're going to get saved one way today. Let me say that again. It's more than one way to get saved in the Bible. One is time past and one is for now, but it's only one way to be get saved today. And that's under the teachings of the Apostle Paul in the first Corinthians, um, 15 through to four. That's the way to get saved today. And, uh, so you have to know the difference of salvation today when it comes to the gospel, because there's many, there's many aspects of the gospels. There's many uh, different ways that people talk about getting saved in the gospel. And there's just some other ways that some churches made up this because it sounds good. You know, they made it up and just said, this is the way you need to be saved. Lordship, salvation, uh, confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, letting Jesus in your heart and everything like that. You must repent of all your sins and all that stuff. A lot of churches teach that way to be saved, but it's a lot of error in that. And that's the sad thing to say. But I'm not going to get into that. I just want to continue on this teaching about dispensationalism. You want some more understanding on that? Just like I said, just go back to my previous uh, audio teachings on dispensationalism. And this is going to be the final installment right here. So without further ado, I digress. I want to just start off right here. Okay. Your Christian life as a member of the church, the body of Christ. Now, you got to look at this. What is your Christian life as a member of the church of the body of Christ? First of all, what we must understand for the church today, listen to what I, I want you to listen carefully. And if you got your pen and your pencil and your notebook and your Bible, preferably the King James Bible, please write these verses down. Very important. I keep using repetitions because it's very important. Please write these verses down and read all the verses that I wrote down yourselves so you can get an understanding of what I mean when I teach in this series. Please write the verses that I quote on this station and write them down. That's the only way you can get an understanding of what's going on, preferably the King James Bible. If you don't read the King James Bible, it's hard to get the 
right understanding on dispensational teaching and rightly divided. I'm just being honest. I'm not saying you cannot get saved. And I'm not saying you won't get uh, understanding what the Bible is saying, but getting the right principles and getting the right understanding, rightly divided dispensationally, I, I just believe the King James is the Bible to get the right, to understand rightly dividing and dispensationalism, you know, if you're interested in that. If not, you know, you continue, you can continue to listen to this study and just go to your translation. But my opinion of King James is the best translation, but, you know, it has nothing to do with you being saved or anything like that, so I would never say that, okay? All right. First of all, your Christian life as a member of the church, the body of Christ, one thing we must understand that is that we are not the nation Israel. Okay, we are not the nation Israel. One more time, we are not the nation of Israel. The body of Christ is not Israel. I keep saying that because the church with this uh this this teaching ain't going on today and uh thinking that we're Israel and everything we are replace with this replacement theology teaching, you know, that we replaced Israel, you know. I don't know where they get that from. I have an idea where they get it from, but in the, in the readers of the book of Romans, it explains 11, Romans 11, 11 to 25, okay? It explains that, okay? And before I get any deeper, remember, I, I always say when I do my podcast, I'm in a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a type of studio right now where our air conditioning will come on just like it did now. So you will hear different sound effects. You will hear these air conditioning coming on and off. Until I get a more quieter place, this is what you will be hearing. And I just do not like that. But that's what's going on now. We hear the heater come on. Not the heater, but the air conditioning because it's the summer. So basically, hopefully, before the winter even gets back, Lord's willing, I'll hopefully I'll be somewhere else quiet and I won't have to worry about the air conditioner or, or heater coming on. I will have a more quiet place. When I go out to full time and do a radio, I promise you I will have a more quiet place where you can get, I will have a better microphone, microphone and all that stuff. So my listeners, because you deserve the best for your faithfulness. Not thank you for that. Okay. We are not the nation Israel. For in our dispensation, Israel is temporarily fallen. Like I was saying before, and you can find it, you can find that in Romans 11, 11, 15, and 25. The temporary fall of Israel, you can find in the book of Romans, write these down, 11, 11, 15 to 25. That tells you about the temporary fall of Israel. Israel Israel was also spiritually blinded. You can also find that in that book, in that verse, Romans 11, 11, 15, 25. We Christians are members of the church, not the church of Israel, not the kingdom of heaven church. We are, we are members of the church of the body of Christ, where there is neither Jew nor Gentile. Remember that. We are members of the body of Christ where there is neither Jew nor Gentiles. Okay? You can find you can go to the book of Galatians 3, 26 and 28. Matter of fact, if you read the whole book of Galatians, it will break down the two gospels between the circumcision and the uncircumcision. The gospel of the grace of God and the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, where Paul was just trying to explain to them the two differences between the gospels. Go to the read the book of Galatians, but what I what I was talking about, we are neither Jew or Gentile. Go to Galatians 3. 26 and 28. So what I'll be doing more than just elaborating, I'll be throwing out a lot of scriptures in this last segment, and it's up to you guys and young ladies to just go and read the scriptures on your own. Please do that to get the better understanding of this. And you can also go to Ephesians 1 and 22 to 23. The book of Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Okay. So what God has to say to us in 
is different from what he told the nation of Israel. I, I explained that in my other podcast. What he said to Israel in the past is different than what he's saying to the body of Christ today. What he had to say to the nation of Israel in the past, the Kingdom of Heaven program, is different than what he has to say to the church today. That's just point blank plain. If you read those scriptures and different verse by verse comparisons I give you, you will see that if you just open up your heart, you know, clearly. All right. The four Gospels and the early part of Acts. I'm going to try to go slow as I read my notes. So I won't be trying to, you know, so it won't go over your head. You can understand what I'm saying, okay? So repeating, the four Gospels and the early part of Acts. It is important to understand how your Christian life operates as a non-Israelite. You have to understand you are not Israel. You must understand how your Christian life operates as a non-Israelite. But as a Gentile, living in the dispensation of grace of God and a member of the church, the body of Christ. Okay, if you want to be spiritually edified, strengthened and spiritually perfected. Look at that. If you want to be spiritually edified, if you want to be strengthened, if you want to be spiritually perfected and matured in the ways of God. For today, you need to study and believe the Pauline epistles. Now, remember, epistles mean letters. So we need to be believe the Pauline epistles and or letters of Romans through Philemon. Okay, Romans through a Philemon. Matter of fact, read Ephesians 4 and 12. Write down this verse, Ephesians 4 and 12, okay? So if you want to you want to be matured in the things of God today, you have to read and get some type of understanding of Paul's letters of Romans through Philemon, okay? All right. God wants to establish. That establish in the King James Bible just means stabilize, okay? That establish means to stabilize. God wants to establish or stabilize your Christian life and inner man by using a threefold process. Okay, listen to this. These are notes that I'm reading. God wants to establish, not establish, but establish means to stabilize your Christian life and any man by using a threefold process. Okay, what's the threefold process, process, Joe? I'm glad you asked. God wants you to understand the life that he has given to you in Christ Jesus. Very important. So that you can better understand what he's doing today. Let me read that again. God wants you to understand the life that he has given to you in Christ Jesus so that you can better understand what he is doing today. That's what he means by stabilizing. That's what God wants us to be established. He wants us to be stabilized and what he is doing for the church today. Not yes, the church, but the church today, okay? And then you can, then you can by faith, follow him and do the same. This is how we discover and do God's will for our lives, the Bible. It says that in Romans 16, 25, and 26, King James Version. That's how we can understand what God's will today. Remember I said, what is God's number one will? God's number one will is for all men and women to be saved and then come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his main will, but he has a permissive will. And his permissive will is us to understand what his will is in our walk today in our lives. And that way is reading and studying Romans through Philemon, the books of the Apostle Paul, okay? Okay, go to Romans 16 and 25 and 26. Go to Romans 15, 25 and 26 and write that verse down and read it, please. Okay, what, what I'm going to do, 
I'm going to just quote it for you. But I want you to like to read these things yourself so you can get it better. It's nothing like looking and reading things yourself to get an eye opener of what the word of God is saying. Study someone teaching you, read it, and let the Holy Spirit teach you himself what his word is saying, okay? Now, it says in 1625, it says in 25, this is Romans. Now to him, listen carefully, this is of power to establish you, to stabilize you according to my gospel. Now, that's a, listen, Paul says my gospel. I don't know what other translation says, but King James says, Paul says my gospel. Why would he say my gospel? Think about that. Why would Paul say establish you or stabilize you in my gospel? If he said my gospel, it cannot be the same gospel that uh, what Jesus preached in his earthly ministry or or where Peter and the 12 apostles preached about the kingdom of heaven. So it had to be another gospel. It was a special gospel that Jesus, when he went to heaven, ascended to heaven, told the apostle Paul to preach. Same Jesus, but it's not Jesus' earthly ministry. What he taught to Israel is Jesus when he ascended up to the heavenly places where he's regarding on the right, where he's standing on the right hand side of God right now. He went to the Apostle Paul. He revealed this gospel, the gospel of the grace of God, which you will find in Acts 20 and 24. This is the gospel. This is what Paul called my gospel. That's why he says my gospel, okay? Now to him there is a power to establish or to establish or to stabilize you according to my gospel. Paul said this is his gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. See, this gospel is also the preaching of Jesus Christ. But listen carefully. It's not the kingdom program, okay? This preaching of Jesus Christ, okay? So, is according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. So, this gospel Paul is preaching was a mystery. Remember I said mystery means secret. Mystery means secret. Well, this gospel that Paul is preaching was only revealed to him by Jesus Christ. He also explains that in the book of Galatians 1. His gospel and his teachings did not come by man, but it came by the revelation of Jesus Christ while Jesus Christ was in heaven. I'm trying to make this plain. I'm not trying to be eloquent because I'm not a great speaker, but I try to make it plain for the layman's like myself so we can understand what God's word is saying, okay? God gave the Apostle Paul a revelation of this new gospel back then of a couple of thousand years ago when Jesus was ascended up in heaven to form the body of Christ, which is called the gospel of the grace of God. Grace and law is not the same. You're either under the law or you're under grace. Let me say that again. You are either under the law or you're under grace. The law was time past. Grace is today. Okay. And it was kept secret since the world began. Not foretold, not planned like the other gospel was, the kingdom of heaven gospel. It was kept secret since the world began, and it was only revealed to the apostle Paul, okay? Continuing 26, but now it's made manifest. Manifest meaning it's now came to light, or it's, it's, I like to say it's now, it's now been made known or revealed in layman's term by the scriptures of the prophets, not the prophets of past, but the prophets in Paul's time, okay? According to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all the nations for the obedience of faith, okay? Now, notice the threefold process of Christian edification. Notice the threefold process. This is very important. Paul saying that this is my gospel, okay? And what is Paul's gospel? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Paul's gospel of salvation can be found in some uh, this scripture that I always quote. First Corinthians, Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. 
one to four is the foundation of the Christian life today. Okay, let me say that again. What is Paul gospel? What was the revelation that was given to Paul? What gospel? The gospel of the grace of God, which you can find in Acts 20 and 24. This is Paul gospel for salvation. First Corinthians 15, one and four is the foundation of the Christian life. Please write these verses down as I quote them. Okay. Now, listen to this. I'm reading up my notes now, so bear with me. With me, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery—that just means this mystery, this secret gospel—was revealed to the Apostle Paul. Secret and mystery, same words, just used interchangeably. Changeably. This is Paul's epistles. This is Paul's letters of Romans through Philemon. The sound doctrine or the sound teaching or the building materials which we use to build on that foundation. Our teachings and our duties and our things that we should be abiding by for today is Romans through Philemon that is taught by the Apostle Paul. This is the dispensation for the church today, the teachings of the Apostle Paul, Romans through Philemon. Now, let me let me elaborate on something. And just let me remind you, I said it earlier, but I got to keep saying things over and over. I'm not saying that you should not read nothing else in the Bible. I'm not telling you that you should not read Matthew Mark, Luke, and John. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you should not read anything else in the Old Testament. You must read the whole Bible. The whole Bible is for us. But when it comes to the church today, to us, our teachers, our duties, our basic materials, and our and our basic, you know, lessons that we need to learn or foundation for today or our principles, our main principles for today is through the book of Romans, through Philemon, taught by our apostle, Apostle Paul. He said, Joe, I keep saying our apostle because Apostle Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles in this dispensation. I know that's hard for everybody understand to understand. But when I say that, I'm not saying you don't take principles or advice from the teachers of Peter, James, John, first and second, third, and anything like that, or from Genesis on down to the book of Acts. I'm not saying that you must read and study those things too to get some edification because all Bible is given by inspiration by God. It's God breathed. So we must read the whole Bible, but we must understand which dispensation that is for us today that way we won't be confused we'll be, we won't be caught up on a lot of things that's not happening in our life in our lives just that happened in the bible in the time past it's not happening today and then you will know why it's not happening today because it's not it was never for us i hope i can get that out there okay all right remember the scriptures of the prophets this is all of the Holy Scriptures in light of the doctrine revealed to Paul, okay? This is why studying the Bible rightly divided is so important. Let me say that again. Studying the Bible rightly divided is so important. Remember, I said this earlier. We study all the Bible. Genesis through Revelation is very important, like I was saying earlier. You might say you said that already, but remember, I'm reading my notes. I'm reading notes, right? Okay, so I'm going to repeat a lot of things over and over. That way, repetition, you can get it in your head and then it becomes in your heart, you know. All right, we study all the Bible, Genesis through Revelation, but we follow the design of Christian edification as laid out in Romans 16. 25 to 26. Now, the only way you can understand what I'm talking about is if you write this verse down and you read it. 
read the whole book of Romans. You know, Romans, the Romans road road is a good way, you know, good understanding, you know, good good way to say it. But read Romans 16 and 25 to 26. Remember, I said the book of Romans, Romans 1 and 9, it's about our salvation, our position, our possessions, and our personage in Christ Jesus. You know, then you get you you, you go from nine all the way to sixteen, just uh all the way to sixteen. It goes through nine, back to Israel, talks about the fall of Israel, then it goes to twelve, then it goes right back to the church again and everything so you have to understand about the book of romans okay all right continue reading notes i'm quoting if we refuse to follow the dispensational layout of scripture if we refuse listen to the word refuse to follow the dispensational layout of scripture and most people do refuse it yeah people do refuse the layout they just don't get into a rightly divided they just go with their teachers, tell them about what's been taught and what this is the way the church should be going and they run with it. You know, I used to be like that too, you know. All right. Then we will be going against what God is doing today for the church today. And now our Christian lives will be in shambles. Whew, and that's all right. This is why this is why Christendom is in such pitiful shape. Hmm. Say, Joe, how could you say that that's mean? No, that ain't being mean. That's just truth. That's just a truth bomb right there, you know, straight out truth bomb, you know. Christendom is in pitiful shape today. And not that I get through with this, I want to make a prayer for the uh, Christians in Afghanistan that's going through so much through this takeover by the Taliban, you know. I'm going to, uh, I want us to all pray for the Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ that's suffering in Afghanistan and other nations, you know, okay. But I'll do that at the end of this teaching, okay, because that's very important. We must think about the other Christians and other nations besides the United States, you know. All right, the Christian church today is a pitiful shape because, like I said earlier, we got we 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 have over thirty eight thousand different type of denominations, you know, today, over thirty eight thousand. It's just sad that we so split like that, but we're supposed to be one church, so we're in pretty bad shape. And I'm not going to get into that now. That's another teaching uh, about you know the denominations. You know, hopefully I get into something like that later. Okay. All right. Now, this is a big question. Because people always say, oh, man, we always do this. We always do that. Why we only talk about the Apostle Paul, us so-called rightly dividers or dispensation of grace teachers? Okay, let me get into that. Do we only study Paul's epistles and letters? I mentioned that earlier. And I, hopefully, I, hopefully I explained that clearly. Do we only study Paul's epistles? Epistles mean letters? No, of course not. Okay, let me read this scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Remember I said that earlier? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let me read that one more time for the ones that, that, that's, that's not getting it. All. What do all mean? Uh, let me look in the dictionary. Oh, all. <laughs> Sorry. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You'll find it in 2 Timothy 3 and 16. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Okay. Let me break it down. All of the Bible is God's word, okay? So we study all 66 books of the Bible, preferably preferably the King James Bible, okay? We study all 66 books of the Bible. My preference is the King James Bible. You have another Bible that's on you. You know, I'm not going to knock you for that, you know. But at least, you, at least you're trying. You're getting some understanding out of it. That's okay, all right? So we study all 66 books books of the Bible Genesis to Revelation 
preference King James if you have one. But unlike most churches and professing Christians, we study the entire Bible according to the revelation of the mystery. In other words, we study the Bible according to the dispensation or the program that the church today is in, okay? That's what that's what I'm saying. The revelation of the mystery is for the church today. The secret, the gospel of the grace of God is for the church today. The body of Christ is for the church today. Okay, not the kingdom of heaven program. Not we should be ushering the kingdom and bringing in the kingdom. No, we are here to bring, we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors in Christ, okay? We're not out here for the great commission. We are ambassadors to reconcile people back to God to accept this, his son, Jesus Christ, according to his death, burial, resurrection. First Corinthians 3 and 4, okay? And where you going to find that in light? You're going to find that type of light in the Pauline letters, Romans through Philemon, Romans through Philemon for the body of church, Christ today, Romans through Philemon, okay? Repeat, all of the Bible is for us. All of the Bible is for us, but not all of the Bible is to us, okay? All of the Bible is for us, but not all of the Bible is to us. And not all, and not all of the Bible is about us. Remember that the whole Bible is not about the church today, the body of Christ. You have prophecy, time past Israel. You have, you know, today, but now. You have mystery, which is for the church today, the body of Christ, okay? The Kingdom of Heaven program and the Kingdom of Heaven program, that program is for time past and for future. The mystery program, the body of Christ program is for the church today. And then we're going to get tucking out in the catching away of the blessed hope or what people refer us to the rapture, okay? So let me keep telling you. Remember, most of the Bible is written to and it's about the nation of Israel. Remember that. If you read the Bible, you'll see that it's mostly about Israel. If you think you Israel, you're going to keep putting you in that. You're going to keep putting yourself there. You're going to keep adding yourself and Israel's program. That's why you be thinking everything is for you today, the church, but it's not. Most of the Bible is written to and it's about the nation Israel and the Bible means this literally. Take the Bible literally, okay? Israel is most of the Bible, maybe 95 to 98 percent of the Bible is about Israel, not us, okay? We follow God designed for Christian edification and we seek God's approval, not man's approval. You find it in 2 Timothy 2 and 15. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved and work with that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, okay? So when studying a particular Bible passage, this is very important. Your first need, you, you first, excuse me, you first need to establish the following in this order. Listen to this. These are three principles. Who is it writing? Who is writing? And who is he speaking to? Okay, as in the Bible, who is writing and who is speaking? Okay. Number two, to whom are they writing? To whom are they writing? And number three, what are they writing? Remember that. Who is the author talking to? Who is the author speaking to? To whom or what group is the author writing to? And to whom or what are they writing about to a certain group? That's very understanding. You know, you'll get a good exegesis out of that. You know, you'll get it. You won't exegesis. Exegesis with the X men you use an allegory. Allegories and spiritual principles to try to define the Bible. It's all about you. But exegesis is just taking God's word literally in context. Exegesis means you take it literally and in context. You understand those three principles when you exegesis the Bible, okay? 
All right. Again, keep in mind that Paul's letters of Romans through Philemon are what God has to say to us today. Okay. And the rest of the Bible deals with another program, which is Israel's program. Let me say that again. Keep in mind, Paul's epistles or letters, King James says epistles, of Romans through Philemon are what God has to say to you or say to me or say to the rest of the church today. And the rest of the Bible deals with another program, which is Israel's program, which is the kingdom program. Okay. so if Paul does not instruct you to do it, then God does not expect you to practice it in your life. Bam. Let me say that again. This is worth repeating. So. If Paul, in conclusion, this is the conclusion of this segment, and I'm not going to go any further. If Paul does not instruct you to do it, and how you know, how would you know if Paul instructed you to do certain things? You read Romans through Philemon for the church today, but you must read the whole Bible because that's not going to make sense to you. His letters, if you don't read other scriptures in the Bible, because he often quotes a lot of things and the other parts of the Bible, okay? So if you don't, if, 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 the, if the pistols of Paul, excuse me, the letters of Paul does not instruct you to do a certain thing that's in the Bible, then God does not expect you to practice it in your life today so church stop trying to practice everything in the bible and you know it's not working or you fool yourself to think it is working and it's not working because god did not put it for ordain it for us today he did not he did not put it there for us today some programs are for israel and some programs for the body of christ some programs are for the kingdom of heaven program israel and some programs are for the body of christ the church today okay the kingdom of pro the kingdom of heaven program excuse me will resume in ages to come after the taking away or the rapture of the church then the program will resume after the seven year tribulation where Jesus set up his thousand year millennium kingdom on earth the kingdom of heaven program will continue there will be more miracles and signs happening there will be the two witnesses that many believe including myself is Moses and Elijah I'm not saying it is but I believe it's Moses and Elijah the two witnesses then you will have the 400 144,000 Jews, not Gentiles, 144,000 Jews with a certain emblem on their forehead, recognizing that they are, they are called by God. They are all going to be virgins and they're going to be 144,000 ministering and preaching the kingdom of heaven program, which will resume again after and in the tribulation period. Okay. All right. People might say, why have I not heard this before? Are you shocked? Just think about what I'm, what I'm saying today. Are you shocked of what you have just heard me say, or what you just what what you just have heard me read? Okay. Does the Bible make more sense now? So why have you never heard this before? Hmm. Why? I would strongly suggest that you ask your pastor. Now, some people are not going to do this, but I will suggest it. Ask your pastor, your Bible teacher, your priest, why he never told you any of this. You might be surprised at his answer. Some are going to be, be angry. 
because of their pride if you question them something well, oh man who you hear this from this dispensational teacher that, that dispensation stuff is false it's a sect it's a cult all that stuff these grace teachers are blah 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 you know they're gonna say different things and some gonna say I don't know you know because I don't know very seldom you gonna hear somebody just honest and just say they just did not know and even though that might be the truth but I wanna end with this what you just heard in this short series, these four segments about what is dispensationalism. I hope you have some type of idea what the word dispensation means. But I don't just want you to listen to me. Look up the, the, the word dispensationalism in the dictionary. I don't know, Webster's another dictionary. Do your own research yourself. Don't make this, don't make it your final thought. But do your own due diligence. You know, put in some work equity you know put in some sweat equity when it comes to reading God's word and studying God's word you know all of us need to put in more sweat equity so we can get some idea what God is saying to the church today because what he is saying to the church today is not the same that he said to the church of yesteryear or time past Israel's program just remember before I leave you with this don't get caught up on the word dispensationalism just saying the word a lot, I get tongue-tied. I get tongue-tied about a lot of things. You can hear it in my speech. I get tongue-tied, you know. But I always revert and go back to what I'm trying to explain. So certain big words, don't let the big fancy word, you know, get you all bogged down that you got to keep saying, I'm a dispensation. Don't never call yourself a dispensationalist. Just you can, it's okay to say, I, I teach God's word dispensationally, but you don't even have to say that. Just say, I like to teach God's word rightly, Divided, you know, rightly divided. That's why I use rightly divided more than I use dispensationalism. The reason I'm using that word now and it's, and it's been rolled out because I want you to understand what dispensational teaching, Bible teacher meaning. If you ever heard that concept, now some of you never even heard of that concept. And I know never a lot of you never heard of dispensations or dispensational teaching. That's not really taught in the church. Okay. That's another thing I want to say. Uh, I was having this conversation with this Muslim at one of my jobs. And, uh, I, you know, I was very interested to uh, understand more about Islam. Because I'm like, I don't do a study on the Quran. You know, you know, you think the, the Bible is confusing to some people. The Quran is even more confusing. Or Quran or Quran. And I even asked her what's the, uh, the, uh, the correct way to pronounce it. Because I don't want to be out of hand or pronounce things wrongly. And he said the Quran with the Q, you know. Well, anyway, I was, uh, we had a like debate uh, about our beliefs. And what... <laughs> I have found out when you're talking to a Muslim or a lot of other faiths, brothers, Mormonism, brothers, you know, Jehovah Witness, uh, brothers, uh, you know, um, Buddhism or whatever, you know, I haven't talked to any of them, not Buddhism anyway, but uh, when you talk to Muslim, they are very dogmatic about their faith and what they believe in. They are very dogmatic about their faith and what they believe in, you know. But I'm not saying all of them is like this This young man uh, when I was talking to him, you know, and I really wanted to have an open conversation. I, I wanted to exchange scriptures and beliefs with each other. But what I find out, this Muslim and other beliefs and other Muslims, they really don't want to hear what you have to say. 
Really. They really don't. I'm not saying all. But if if this is a picture of how mostly most Islam is, now it's different fates. And they will not admit it. It's different type of books of the Quran. The Quran has been rewrote many times, probably as much as, much as the Mormonism, you know, but they will not admit that. They say it's inspired, you know, by a man. They will not say the Holy Spirit because they don't they don't follow and believe in the Holy Spirit, I really believe. But it was inspired by a man, so there's no error. See, that's the first error. That's an error right there when they say it was inspired by this man that was talked to by Allah. They, they believe Allah and God, Jehovah God is the same, which I know they are not, but I didn't get into that. You know, we didn't even get to get that far because I had to cut it short and I'm going to tell you why and uh, you know and it, it was just uh, Allah aspired Muhammad this man which they agreed that he was he's sinful you know he had his mistakes they do agree with that you know I'm going somewhere so they just be patient with me and when I was talking to him I noticed he used a lot of reverse, I don't, what, reverse psychology, because when I noticed something in him, he said, no, that's you really doing it this way, so he kept using what I was saying that he was doing against me and saying that I was doing it, so that kind of aggravated me a little bit, but I had to just slow down a little bit because I would have got upset, and that kind of aggravated me a little bit because it was so childish, you know, and you know, sometimes kids can aggravate you, <laughs> Because it's always wired, wired, all that's you, that's you. They would never accept something that they're doing. Not all kids, but you know, a person in another faith is somewhat like a child because even so, a lot of Christians, when they, they stuck on their belief, you know, kudos to them, they stuck on their belief because I'm stuck on mine. But you have to learn to listen. You have to learn to listen to other, other faith's side. And I try to do that. Not saying it's easy, and I, but I try to do that. So when I listen to his side, you know, and I'm listening, you know, a lot of things he's saying is not proof and nothing like that. It's mostly opinions. You know, when I questioned him, when he said he was a Christian or he used to be a Christian, but he he left Christianity to uh, to convert to uh, Islam, to Muslim. You know, and I said, oh, wow, how did you? I said, first of all, you say you used to be a Christian. How did you used to be a Christian? What made you think that you was a Christian? He said, well, he started talking about works and things and he was brought up in the Christian church and blah, blah, or Christian morals and beliefs like that. You know, and I said, "Okay, how did you become a Christian? Which is very important. He came to the same conclusion, you know, works and blah, blah, blah. They taught him how to do this. And, you know, in other words, he was talking about Christian morals. So therefore, he wasn't never was a Christian. He just believed somewhat in the Christian morals because he followed that. So therefore, by him believing the Christian morals, it was easy for him to be taught of so-called errors that's in the Bible. You know, and Muslims are stuck on finding errors in the Bible. That's all they, they love to talk about certain errors and the errors in the Bible. And, you know, there were so many mistakes in the Bible and blah, 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 and different things like that. That's their argument. Not so much their faith in the Quran. They talk about negativity or the errors in the Bible when it talks about when they have a conversation with Christian. That's what I'm getting out this guy. He didn't really want to get into doctrine. They're against doctrine. Most Muslims are against doctrines, which is teaching. They're against doctrine. If you don't want to talk about Bible doctrine, you know, you you waste my time, you know, because that's the foundation. The word of God is Jesus and the doctrine of the Bible. If you don't want to talk about that, that was another strike against him that I said, I'm wasting my time. I found him kind of aggressive. You know, he kept calling me, man, bro, bro, you're not listening, bro. I found him getting angry, but he here says me getting angry. But I was getting aggravated because he was getting aggravated when I asked him straight out questions about his own faith or his belief. When it came to Jesus, 
you know. And then when I started talking about the Apostle Paul, it was almost like a hate for the Apostle Paul. And I never experienced that today. I've heard of the hate even by some Christians that I heard of. I haven't met any personally. They don't like the teachings of Paul because they believe Paul comes with this another gospel, which it is. It is another gospel. They feel Paul, you know, turned the Bible teachings of Jesus around. He's not teaching the same thing as Paul and I mean as Peter and all of them. He's, he doesn't teach the same thing. Paul coming with, with all these concepts and the way you should do things. That's not of Jesus. We hate Paul for that. That's the problem with grace teaching people. You know, the ones that's against grace teaching. They think they don't understand that the teachings of the Apostle Paul are from Jesus. The same one they say they try to obey and follow is the same one that's teaching Paul about the revelation of the mystery, the secret in Paul's letters, Romans 2, Philemon. That's why a lot of people are against the teachings of Paul, even some Christians. But let me digress to this Muslim. Muslims, and I looked this up too, and I was saying, is it all Muslim? I didn't want to pick them all out and say it was all, but he really didn't. He called Paul, he said Paul, back according to Josephus, and yeah, yeah, let Josephus break down a whole Bible, you know, or whatever. You know, that Paul was a homosexual and different things like that. All this was taught to them by so tar- so-called man. But at the same time, he could not the Bible talk about man made the Bible so man made errors. I'm not saying it's, the, it's God's fault. I'm saying it's man's fault. A lot of things came from man. But at the same time, a lot of his teachings, what he heard came from man also. A lot of the uh, translations was also by man. But no, there's no error in the Quran. Only errors in the Bible. <laughs> I hope you follow what I'm saying. My point is if you never heard nothing, doesn't mean it's not true. Because you never heard it before. You never never heard it taught in your church from your pastor or your teacher because you never heard it before does not make it true. Okay? Even though the teachings of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, Romans 16, 25, and 26 is in your so-called Bible, whether it's the King James or whatever or whatever translation, it's in your Bible. I say the King James because it, it correctly, correctly excuse me, breaks down the meaning of mystery and before the beginning of time of the body of Christ anyway. And that's why I put it there. Okay, I'm time is running short, so let me get through this. All I'm just saying is because you never heard it before does not make it true. Because we not we all never heard everything. That's no. But if you have haven't heard a certain way to be taught the Bible, especially through Apostle Paul's letters, does not make it true and does not make it error. If you deny the teachings of the Apostle Paul, and it's going to make a lot, some of you mad, and, you, and it's going to make it, some of you sad, you are denying the teachings of Jesus altogether. He's not just in the red letter, letter teachings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? He's not only in those letters. Jesus is all in the Bible, the whole 66 books Jesus is teaching even in the Old Testament Jesus always been he wasn't born and this little baby and then all of a sudden he just he just came out Jesus always been he is I am he is God 
He is the Alpha and the Omega. That means he is God. He's part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. So Jesus always been. He never was born. He was begotten. Israel was born. Israel was therefore born again. Many people think that means a Christian. No, that means Israel was the only ones born again because they was born as God's first son. And sometimes God called them daughters. Israel was born. They had to be reborn again. When the dry man's bones was coming up, that was Israel being born again. Jesus was not born. He was begotten in his fleshly ministry. So he always been Jesus as God, God the Son. Okay, all right. That's another teaching about the Trinity or the Triune. Well, anyway, because you never heard a certain teaching does not make it therefore not true. That's all I'm just saying. So when I got through talking to this, this Muslim, I just had to cut it short. He gave me a few scriptures that's so-called contradicting themselves. I looked at those scriptures, what he was talking about. I said, yeah, but I, he wouldn't accept it. I had to look at it through context. I just cannot take verses. Even though those verses were saying different numbers. But I said, oh, I believe there's a reason for that. But I have to read the whole context of those certain things, which I'm going to do. But it wasn't it wasn't no hurry for me, which I'm going to do. But he didn't want to accept that. Oh, we don't have time. To, I said, I didn't say I was going to do that now. Well, anyway, when I wanted him to give him, when I wanted to send him certain scriptures before I left and everything, I want, he said, no, I don't need that. But he wanted to give me more so-called errors about the Bible, but wasn't willing to accept verses of the Bible or things that I wanted to show him about the Bible. So I said, no, I'm not going to accept that from you, sir, because if you're not willing to hear what God's word have to say or certain scriptures would have to say, you know, and things like that, I will not do that. I'm not just going to take your information and just follow on your information. You're not, you, and you're not really to hear doctrines of God's word. I said, no, you go ahead and keep that. He said, well, I just go here. I said, yeah, you did it because I'm not going to accept it anymore. So I left it at that. If you don't have time for God to hear what God has to say, why would I keep swallow up your mess? That's my point. I don't have time for mess. If you're not, if you're not willing to let me explain Jesus or even Apostle Paul or the words of God, and you not you don't want to hear doctrine, but you want to give me information and all information about your faith and without me not hear what I have to say, you wasting my time, man. You know, you don't want to hear what I have to say anyway. You just want me to hear what you have to say and errors on my part. That's my point. Stay away from that church. Study to show thyself approved. Look into these things yourself. You know, find out more about dispensationalism, rightly divided. Ask your pastor, question your pastor, question your Bible teacher. Write those verses down. They're going to get mad. Most of them will not agree. I'm going to say that now. Most of them will say it's a code and blah, 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 because they don't they don't like that type of teacher. Because why? First of all, they never heard it before. OK, so like I said, because you never heard it before does not make it true. All right. Think on that. This is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, host of Connecting the Dots, okay? I hope you enjoyed this series, okay? Now I want to make a quick prayer before my time run out about the nation of Afghanistan, but particularly the Christians there that are suffering under the, uh, the, uh, the Taliban. Let's pray for them and just keep them strong. Let's ask God to be with them and help them to get through the uh, situation they're in. We don't know what's going to happen. They can, they can actually wipe a lot of these Christians out and, all, and a lot of Americans. There's a lot of turmoil going on, uh, going on in Afghanistan. I'm going to look more into that myself. But let's keep our brothers and sisters in Christ in prayer in Afghanistan and all other nations that our brothers and sisters in Christ are suffering. We need to pray for them because we still have it easy here in the United States. Let's not be selfish. We have brothers and sisters asking for our help and asking for our prayer around the nations. Let's keep that in mind, okay? God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, the Body of Christ Real I mean, Body of Christ Real Talk. There I go. Now that's my other program. This is Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. God bless you all. Peace out. 
I love you all. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.